the Stock Talk Podcast, where topics are covered and questions are answered across all parts of the show stock industry. Get ready to learn and laugh with your hosts, Trevor Kirkpatrick and Corey Edge. I'm not so sure what happened this weekend, but we have a group of guys with us that were all part of the bachelor party that we talked about last week. And not only were they just a bachelor party, but they're good stockmen. We're going to have a roundtable discussion, and it's going to be uh, quite the event, I think, for what we got in store for these guys. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that. It was uh, everybody's idea to get on this week, and we made it happen. Yes, we did. And this is about as good as my voice has sounded in the last roughly 48 hours. So if you are listening and you want to know how to lose your voice in three days, go to put in Bay, Ohio with the gentlemen that are on this podcast. (laughs) Uh, It was a great time. It was an incredible time. You know, I really hope that, there's a, a mini show of some kind, a little jackpot show that they can ride over in the trolley. And I know Walton webcasting will be there because they're everywhere. And maybe we can make that happen. Let's talk to to Greg and, and the guys and see if we can set up a mini jackpot show in Putin Bay, Ohio. Uh they could do they could do it in uh, the vineyards. There you go. There you go. Spot. So or Jordan, or Jordan can clear out a spot with a golf cart. Either way. <laughs> Yeah, we'll be golden. Uh, but guys, seriously, Walton Webcasting uh, has saved a lot of lives because uh, they kept us in the loop when we can't be there. Um, they're all over the country, and these county fairs um, are are incredible to watch with Walton Webcasting. They had a virtual stock show, the Heat, this past weekend. Yeah, um, so, well, they did, they had a they had a virtual county fair on Tuesday as well. Yeah. So they're popping them off everywhere. Walton does an amazing job, and they're of course good supporters of the show. Also good supporters, Show Cattle Connection. No doubt. Great folks there. Um, getting really heavy into the sales. I was looking at it earlier. Um, and we, you know, you hear it every weekend, and it's no joke. They have a huge lineup of people to help you in any way, shape, or form. Rather, you're buying or selling them, uh, get your cattle bought on Show Cattle Connection. Hey, we're a day late and a dollar short for uh, Garrett Sproul, but he's having a He's having a sale or had a sale. Yes, which you're going to hear from him in just a minute. So it's it's already too late. It happened yesterday. Um, but if you follow him on social media, a little plug there. Um, got a lot of sales, actually. Um, on the other end of things, showpig.com. Almost a lot of folks on this episode today has used uh, that platform. So there we go. No doubt about it. Well, Trevor, before we dive into this, what I anticipate to be, hilarious insightful and very fun episode let's let's do a little let's do a little hats off you got it well i'm gonna go first this week like i mentioned before uh i can teach probably just about anybody lessons on how to lose their voice in a very short amount of time it's painful i will say it's painful but it's less painful now that I have invested in cough drops. And so my hat goes off this week to all those, more specifically, Halls ah. Throat Lozenges. Halls is the brand that you need to buy. 
I'll my hat goes off to all the cough drop makers across the world. I'll contest. Uh, there's something else you need to invest in. They're called Sucrets. Sucrets are an amazing cough drop as well. Uh, they numb your throat. I thought you said cigarettes, and that was not going to be a good option. <laughs> no, nope, that's that's the opposite direction we're headed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they're called Sucrets. They come in a little tan can. Looks like, um, uh, oh, what do they call them? Snus little things, but they're not. Yeah. They're throat lozenges, and they numb your throat. You're so. throwing all the tobacco products at me right now, Kirky, and I'm talking about trying to save my throat, <laughs> not murder it. All right. <laughs> oh, boys. This week goes out to every single one of you on this episode right now. This is a limited group of people, an elite group, that my hat goes off to an episode. I think we're at 84. I'm not really sure. Anyways, boys, we're getting ready to introduce all, every single one of you. But my hat goes off to what we're calling Kirky's Crew. Uh, man, I had a fantastic weekend. And all because of you guys and what you set up. I was blindfolded on my way to Putin Bay, by the way. Didn't know what was going on. Took off the blindfold blindfold and my boys. So my hat goes off to you, man. I know we got y'all muted right now, but uh, we're going to introduce these guys. And we're going to get to this episode, but that is definitely who my hat goes off to this week. Well, Trevor, since this is Kirky's crew, after all, I will let you do the honors of introducing what I, what I listen, guys, if you were on my, in my wedding party, I thank you very much. I mean, most incredible crew I could have assembled. However, I think Trevor Kirkpatrick may have topped me with assembling the greatest group of all time. So that being said, Trevor, who are they and why? Are they in the wedding? How oh boy, little, this new one. This is good. This is good. So, all right. Before I do that, I do want to point out that this whole this whole deal is brought to you by Fierce Threads. We cannot forget that oh, yeah. hats off is brought to you by Fierce Threads. Now, what's cool is they've joined forces with Lackey Livestock, Wintex Farms, Lender Feeds, and Legacy Livestock Imaging, who's another supporter of the show, and they want to say a sincere thank you to all of their supporters and business people now it's your turn to tell the world and share the video that they put on facebook it's an amazing video and share it and put at the top of that post nothing will keep us from blank and start sharing your story and that is a story from fierce threads so you asked who each and one of you guys are so everybody knows Corey edge don't need to don't need to go there um that's me yeah everybody knows Mr. Corey Edge. We've got, I'm just going to go in order of the screen here. It'll be a heck of a lot easier because we're on a Zoom call. Everybody's right in front of me. So Jordan Marks was actually a past guest. Uh, I'm not sure which one, but uh, Jordan is um, an old roommate of mine at The Ohio State University. And um, we heard from him when his dad. So um, top five horse golf cart driver of all time. Top five horse golf cart. Golf cart driver of all you time. You complimented me multiple times before I had multiple infractions. <laughs> so, all right, we got Jordan Marks and then Tyler Johnson, uh, who is also, fun fact about Tyler Johnson, met to him at Blackhawk College along with um, Mr. Corey Edge. He's not a guest yet. We will have to get him on Johnson Coy Genetics. 
Um, but Tyler, I met him out at BHE and, uh, now he is coaching a basketball team. So, uh, Tyler, um, happy to, you're on here, man. And I'm happy you're part of the wedding, but, uh, man, you're a fun time. You're, you're definitely a better golf cart driver than Jordy Johnson, 2044. So then we got Mr. Ben Lenig, who has been on an episode with his brother, who is also here, Mr. Nathan Lenig. Um, both of which that was that was quite a quite a while ago. That was last, I believe that was last um like March Sweethearts ago. Sweetheart sale. Yep. Sweethearts. So yeah. foggy windows. Foggy Windows episode. Good times. Um I met uh Ben at Blackhawk as well on the same team out there. Met his brother shortly after I tackled a large calf. Um and we told that story on that episode. So if you want to check that out. Go back and listen to the Foggy Windows episode. Uh, one heck of a time there. I got Garrett Sproul, who had a sale yesterday we were just talking about. He was also a past guest, and um, he is uh, not too far off from where we're at. He um, uh, lives only probably an hour and 20 minutes from where, where I'm at here in Ohio. Met him at Ohio State. He was the team after me at Ohio State, um, and then obviously become good friends through the livestock industry. Um He's very convenient. When I want to go look at pigs, I go right over to GNS Swine, um, and we heard the playing cards episode from Mr. Garrett Sproul. And then, last but not least, Mr. Hank Levan. He has not been on the show yet either. Um, Hank was uh, also on the BHE team uh, with Johnson, Ben, and Corey and I. And um, was all, any fun fact here? Quite the driver when it comes to harness horses. So, Mr. LeVan, congratulations on becoming a new dad. Uh, Mr. Perry LeVan entered the world this past weekend. And now, uh, for those listening, um, he had quite the good excuse not to go to Put-in-Bay this past weekend. Uh, He FaceTimed me there before I left, and I was like, dude, you're exactly where you need to be. uh, We got other chances to to have some fun. You stay with uh, your beautiful family there. So, Hank, congratulations, and uh, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thank you. So, boys, I'm ultra excited about this deal, and I kind of uh, brief introduction there on everybody. Um, so, I do want to give a little background on those who have not been on the show yet, uh, because as I said, if you want to search the names I just said, you can listen uh, to some of them. So, those who have not been a guest, I kind of want to do real brief, brief backgrounds of kind of what you do uh, in the industry uh, and just kind of the fun facts that I alluded to. Um, so Johnson, we'll start with you, man. Tell us a little bit about what you do and, and, uh, and we'll go from there. Well, Trev, Corey, thank you guys for, for putting this together. Uh, pretty excited to, to have a chance to, to talk uh, to everybody and, uh, what a weekend we had. Pretty awesome. <laughs> pretty awesome to say the least to keep it PG. Uh, you know, uh, I guess that, I've always been in 4-H and FFA and uh, kind of going back a few years, um, always primarily loved uh, Yorkshire hogs. So that's kind of what we've done at at our farm and our operation. Uh, We've got about 25 sows now and just kind of trying to to get that rolling. Uh, You know, we stay pretty busy doing some other things. Uh, We've got a a wean to finish commercial operation uh, where we market about uh, anywhere from eight to 10,000 pigs a year. Um, we've got several hundred acres that we, we use for, for row crops. 
Uh, and then on top of that, I've been blessed with two, two wonderful kids and a wife. So uh, Autumn is just about two years old and Tegan is just a little over four months. So my wife's Abby and we uh, do a lot of things as a family together and just uh, just couldn't be happier with everything going on. Uh, I teach school at South Decatur uh, there in, in Indiana and uh, in North Decatur and coach uh, coach girls basketball. So kind of doing everything that, uh, you know, kind of reminds me of that. I don't know if it's a Geico commercial where the people turn into their parents. But yeah, I am living proof of that. Yeah. And, hey, you just good. had a birthday as well. So happy birthday just a couple Thank days you. ago there. Um, and then uh, we also got I, I was just thinking about this core. We have every species represented here except goats. Uh, so, yeah. so we got the big three. Why I say that is because our uh, cattle representative is also uh, Mr. Hank Levan. So we have not had him on an episode yet. Talked about it many times. So uh Hank, we'll let you pop on the mic next and uh, give a little intro about yourself and uh, what you do and give us a little fun facts. Yeah, so, uh, um, you know, I guess similar to Tyler, grew up being involved in 4-H and FFA, uh, primarily showed cattle uh, kind of growing up and showed some pigs as well. I've got five younger siblings, um, so uh, since I am no longer showing, um, They'll show some steers there at the state fair, a few hogs at our county fair. Um, but I guess here recently, um, you know, probably uh, have geared things more towards, uh, you know, showing steers um, for like the state fair. And then, uh, you know, I went, uh, you know, after college, um, I was a judging coach at Ohio State for a few years and uh, um, good opportunity, learned a lot, um, but uh, ended up, uh, I'm actually and racehorses right now so standard breads uh and right family still has uh, uh some cattle there at home uh put in 20 to 30 embryos a year uh, and try to sell some et calves there uh, each fall so um dabbling a little bit of all of it i guess you could say um but uh my family definitely still has a strong interest in uh uh, the show livestock aspect of things, I probably work more day to day on the harness horse uh, side of it at this point. Though. Yeah, that's the Lavender Rosa farm, so uh, they're no stranger to the the cattle deal. Um, Hank's pretty modest uh, when it comes to that. Very, very, very competitive in the state of Ohio. Uh, it, it was hilarious. Um, uh, without getting into the details, I didn't know Hank at all uh, before I went to Blackhawk, and I drove you know six and a half hours out there pretty much alone, had nobody that I knew. And, uh, I met Hank and, um, he was like, you're from Ohio too. I said, yeah, where do you live? And find out we're about an hour and a half apart at the time. So that's, uh, it's awesome what connections can lead to. And we'll kind of talk about that, uh, here next. And like I said, we've got everybody I just introduced that has told their story or give their background, uh, in an episode that they've been a part of. So, um, we were talking about this this weekend, and it was it was really awesome because, you know, Jordy and I took the the ride together there to Putin Bay, and on our way back, we were like, you know, livestock has brought us all together, and we were all completely different parts of life. And uh, what's so cool is, you know, I don't think the JUCO kids 
are understand the what they're going through right now as far as connections, as far as people they're meeting, and, and where they can go and where they can go from here. So, uh, Ben, I'll let you kind of start, and then we'll we'll all kind of chip in on this. But just talk a little bit about you know what the industry has done for you as far as the group of guys we got on here. Obviously, didn't go to the same school, but you know, livestock's are common grounds. But the weekend we just had, we we hardly ever talked about it, and that was because we're just really good friends now and we can talk about almost everything else yeah absolutely um so i had a strong passion uh for agriculture uh growing up uh my father has been our uh high school ag teacher for 39 years now and uh, so he was all about uh, me going to blackhawk and uh i had met my first blackhawk friend of our class was Corey. i met him at the state fair and I saw uh, my first impression was Corey was this big ogre walking <laughs> down the Indiana State Fair alleyway. I was, less, I was less ogre looking back then. Ben. <laughs> yeah. And he was knock kneed and kind of counterfeit. Not how I like my Duroc hogs, but we decided to be friends. And, uh, <laughs> you know, all jokes aside, um, going to Blackhawk as a recap, as a, uh, you know, 27 year old, I guess, uh, uh, after going through all, uh, the notes and stuff, Trevor sent us, uh, prior to the podcast and, uh, kind of recapping that every person on this podcast, besides my brother, I met through a Blackhawk affiliation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when I met, Johnson, Hank, Corey, and Trevor. Um, I knew from uh, freshman year going into sophomore year, going home that summer, how much uh, that I uh, thought that those guys would be uh, kind of impacting my life. Because Nate and I actually went to uh, more of an urban-based school where a lot of our friends in high school that uh, we went to, we didn't always hang out with a bunch. And uh, um you know, a lot of our friends uh, would have, uh, uh, you know, stuff in the cities on Friday nights and uh, want to do that sort of thing. And uh, Nate and I chose a lot to uh, go to bonfires and uh, stay at home and work in the barn with friends that uh, we showed with. But, you know, the first time I went to the World Park Expo was my uh, my senior year of high school with Kent Hahn, uh, one of our good friends back home. And he uh, he introduced me to just a couple of people, but I felt pretty shy at my first world park expo but then the next summer when we went out there to judge for blackhawk and all the places uh, that uh, you know we got a chance to go to all the people and the friends and uh, the mutual friends that a lot of us had i felt like i knew every person at the world park expo and uh to me uh going to blackhawk uh you know we all uh, can admit uh you know we got a good education there but uh, to me, after going to uh, Purdue and then, you know, being graduated for for four years now, I can still say that my core uh, friend group is a lot of these guys on this podcast today. Yeah, no, it's it's so true. I'm not sure how much uh, you got paid by Blackhawk College to to have that kind of of ad read for him, but that was good. No, yeah, no. big big Blackhawk supporter. Yeah, no. So, brother Nate, I'll let you go next, and and I don't. This this will be, I promise. The the uh, the I don't want to say it's not boring, but this will be the lowest key we get. Um, so I, I want this to be an emphasis on uh, how you kind of are 
a, a just one team ahead of all of us and how we still be able, we're able to be uh, connected through Ben or like this, like you said, Blackhawk affiliation. But I'll let you go next, Nate, and talk about, you know, it, although I met you through Ben, now we have great conversations and it's we're almost like my brother as well. Yeah, no, for sure, Trevor. It was, uh, you know, if you go back, listen to the story about how I was introduced to who Trevor Kirkpatrick is, long story short, <laughs> I envisioned Trevor to be 6'5", 280. Those of you that have seen Trevor in person, when you meet him, it's a, it's a different image. He's short, stocky, you know, looks more like a wrestler, like a, you know, just stout little linebacker corner. And so, um, you know, just that was kind of the funny beginning of Trevor and I meeting each other. But, I mean, the, the relationship, I mean, you know, all blessed to my brother, um, I mean, quote on Ben, I always remember as an ag teacher that says, uh, man, if you don't like Ben, there's something wrong with you. So <laughs> I was blessed with a, with a really special brother that, um, you know, was kind of the, the person that pushed us into the industry. You know, he had some injuries through wrestling. He was very good at wrestling in high school, um, and had some injuries and that kind of like spurred us to, to start going into this. And he was the one that, um, kind of took the, the jump and tried Blackhawk, um, you know, and kind of led me into you guys, but man, that's kind of what you said earlier, Trevor, just, um, just, I guess the ties there, if you and Jordan, I thought what you said was special about uh, you and Jordan on the way home discussing that like relationships in this industry are that much more than just us talking about pigs at, you know, a bachelor party. Um, and, you know, I guess uh, in my perspective is, you know, I, I'm in love with a girl from outside this industry. And some of you guys have dated girls or, or with girls now or married uh, or, you know, engaged to people that are familiar with it. And, you know, Maddie's not. And I always found myself describing some of the events like this weekend years ago is like, well, this is a, you know, this is a pig friend group or that's that. And just like, that was the summary to it. But um, when you try to describe the friendships and relationships you build in this industry of like, you know, when you try to describe why the industry is important to us, it, you always, I always find myself stumbling for words um, on what to say, just because it, it can be difficult because honestly, I think it's just because it's such a special thing to have a common passion with you know people like you guys where it's the livestock that brought us together you know it's Ben that brought me to you guys the the Blackhawk crew and which led us to you know also Garrett and uh you know Jordan and everybody else and so you start getting all these backgrounds that come together and then all of a sudden you're like you gotta look around it's just like man like we went from you know envisioning Trevor Kirkpatrick 6'5 280 like funny story my brother tells me about him to you know now we just spent a weekend at your bachelor party um you know your wedding coming up and just like I mean honestly, it's kind of crazy to think about, but just our whole lives in the future of like, if I'm, you know, 60 years old, I'm still going to be shaking hands with Trevor Kirkpatrick when I show up to the show or text him what time he's going to get there to World Pork Expo, yeah. whatever that is, you know, 2060. So um, I think just back to the point, it's hard to describe to people outside this industry, like how special the relationships are that we build with friends that we build through, uh, you know, customers, if you're breeders, you know, through your show families and I mean, honestly, like what we have ahead of us is raising a family in this industry for, you know, all of us, you know, getting older and having families and Hank starting that off now, Tyler having some kids like, you know, what a special opportunity we have and we're just getting started, guys. No doubt. Well, um, man, yeah, we, we've talked, we've covered this, this, this topic several times with, with folks that have been in the industry quite a bit longer than any of us and, and most of us combined and in some ways. But, uh, you know, although I think that our relationships have allowed us to get to the point we have through the livestock industry, let's have a little bit of fun. Okay. I, I'm going to throw this one. I'm going to throw this one to Sproul first. 
Okay. Everybody's going to answer this question and you can make it as short or long as you want to. But if you were not involved in the livestock industry, picture your life, never being around livestock, what would you be doing? Oh man, that's a tough one. Uh, probably flipping burgers at McDonald's. <laughs> uh, no, uh, seriously. Uh, if I was never around livestock at all, um, I guess that actually is kind of easy for me to answer. Um, my, I guess, goal my entire younger life, um, I always thought the pig thing was just kind of fun. Um, and we, you know, I had a couple, we talked about in the episode, had a couple sows that weren't very good and just uh, kind of pissed around with it. Um, uh, my goal, I always told everyone and my family members was that I was going to go to Ohio state and be an orthopedic surgeon. Um, so, and that is actually originally what I went to Ohio state for. Um, I, I, the only reason I ever even took animal sciences because, was because I thought it could be kind of a cool thing. I could take an ag class or two while I did all my pre-med. And long story short, uh, I got through three years of pre-med and had a 3.9, so I wasn't failing or anything, but I honestly absolutely hated every second of it. Um, and a, a big reason I realized that I didn't like it was because I was nowhere near as passionate about that as I was the livestock industry as a whole, um, not just pigs, but just going out and seeing any form of livestock. And uh, so needless to say, uh, I did not apply to medical school like I was originally <laughs> attended. Um, and I, I don't know. So I, I truthfully don't know if I would uh, be finishing medical school and not be happy or what I would be doing. Um, but that would have probably been my original path. And, uh, you know, Life makes changes, so I guess I really can't fully say where exactly I would be, but uh, would not be as happy as I am. Okay, well, fortunately, we didn't need any orthopedic surgeons after the weekend, <laughs> so you probably ended up choosing the right career path anyway. <laughs> All right, I got to know. So, Hank, you talked about, obviously, you guys have been involved in you know racing some horses probably your entire life, or at least that's what I know of you, um, or, or just been around it forever. So, let's take livestock completely out of the equation. No horses, no show cows, no pigs. Your dad's not a vet. You just, well, maybe your dad's a vet, but you still grow up. <laughs> you know what I mean? So what, what's, uh, what's Hank LeVan do if he's not in the livestock business? Oh, probably. Um, oh, I guess it'd be one of two things. I feel like I'd either be like a pediatrician um, or a gambler, like a professional one, uh, because I guess I kind of look at, I uh, look at, I know those are like, I guess, very polar, um, polar things, but I feel like the livestock industry, like regardless whether you got chickens, horses, sheep, you know, goats, whatever it is, um, it's all a gamble. Um, you know, it, it's a, it's a sense of gamble. And I think what you really, when you really look at it, um, from a financial standpoint, it just depends on how much risk is associated with it. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I like to look at it like that. Like I'm not a big investor type person. Um, I guess if I, I, I kind of like to be involved with it. So I guess that's where I kind of use the livestock aspect of things. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would say, you know, either a doctor of some sort or, um, you know, something something with investments i guess i could definitely see that out of hank levan i mean blackjack or poker 
Probably neither. Like, I, I, I don't know. I'm not a big card player. I'm more of like, you know, I'm not a big spread person. Uh, uh, I guess it's, it's more of like a, like, like big hit, like, or strikeout. Yeah. I don't know. Feast or famine. Hundred dollar bets on the slots in Vegas. There you go. Right. All right, Jordan March, you've been uh, you've been on mute for a while, and, and that's just because uh, we're not letting you talk. Uh, but <laughs> no, uh, in all seriousness, th- this is one that I'm looking forward to hearing because uh, you and your dad are obviously heavily invested in, in the the Showlam uh, part of the world. So take all that out. Uh, what's the Marks family doing? Uh, probably living in a van down by the river. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I. You sent that question earlier and I was just like, I was trying to like, um, you know, kind of be able to understand it in terms of just what the hell would we be doing? Um, I I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's been literally my dad's whole life, my whole life, you know, family farm's been in the, you know, family for a hundred years. Like, it's just like, I don't know who I would be. I mean, I wouldn't be, you know, the dumbass that I am now. That's for <laughs> sure. Uh, but um, no, I, I, you know, if not to be too general, but uh, you know, I'd probably, I mean, what I love about this industry um, is um, I mean, it's been something that I can dive into in terms of, you know, be kind of obsessive about with, you know, breeding and feeding and, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff and, and, and progressing our flock and progressing how we do things. Um, so it's like kind of that just true passion, but, you know, I think, you know, another passion of mine is just helping people. Um, you know, I mean, whether it's in my own job or, you know, uh, helping the families that we help and things like that. I mean, that's something that sparks me, you know, or judging a show and working with little kid, you know, the kids, you know, like, I would have to be probably, I don't know, maybe a a teacher of some sort or um, I don't know. Um, I mean, you know, work, just working with people, not necessarily in a sales aspect, but just working with people um, and, and trying to improve, you know, improve lives or make, you know, make lives better that way. I, I I don't exactly know because it's kind of hard to, uh, I mean, that's all I've ever known. So Mm -hmm. um uh that's what a canned answer all right next <laughs> gosh everybody's hard on jordy you hate me you hate me it is hard to think about <laughs> though because <laughs> when that's all you've ever known and that's all you've ever wanted to be uh what the heck i've i, I don't know my answer still i mean i know the ones that have yet to gone have i've not figured it out yet but uh but it's true I, that's the I, lifestyle i know i know what nate lennig would be doing if if he never like ferreted out a sow in his life, I feel like Nate would Amber be Crombie model. The, I was gonna go there. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were joking. No, I was literally gonna say Nate would be modeling for like Hollister or something. That's enough. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> or or just like a DJ at an EDM concert. Can I just say that I'm pretty sure that we were Nate stewed fish this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) So what, what is the deal, Nate? What would you be doing? Man, that's, you know, and I laughed earlier, like, uh, you know, I said that Ben was kind of the one that drug us into this. He got really passionate, uh, you know, that summer after he kind of messed his shoulder up for, I think towards labor for like the third time. And finally it was just like, I mean, 
the coaches called him the glass house. Like that was his nickname on the wrestling team. So, um, you know, it's, it was kind of like that. They really spurred it. And, uh, after that, I mean, man, holy cow, like, um, let's put it this way. The last company I worked for, um, showpig.com, um, RW Genetics, the Pig Planet, um, a lot of the places, uh, National Swine, right through nationalswine.com, um, Sports Center, all the popular websites, they all got shut down. Um, and it was funny because all the other guys are watching, you know, they're on sports in the morning, getting, you know, inside sales position. And uh, on the Wi Fi, like you couldn't log on to National Swine because I was on it so often, you know, Duroc Pedigrees. And man, like, that is like weird, but like, how is it, how are Duroc Pedigrees like, a, like, how did we even grow that passion to like, love a breed love you know this this industry and it's like i mean just the course of time and role models like holy cow i mean geez i i mean i don't think there's a, an idea of where i could imagine myself being besides you know obviously not enjoying life the way i am right now had you know had we not kind of pursued and you know kind of helped our way into the industry that's a good one i i i i think i've got one in mind but uh, it is true uh when you're, like I said, you're so obsessed with something. Although, I mean, I could think Duroc Hogs, I'm not so sure would be my front runner, but uh, I'm just saying, uh, Hogs in general, I, I, <laughs> I could dabble with. Johnson, let's hit you up, man. What would you be doing outside of the livestock industry? Okay, so I, I'm probably the one that would definitely know what they're doing, and it would be sports casting for sure. Like, I mean, you are looking live at the horseshoe, in Columbus, Ohio. Good decision. You know, get get your the the hairs on the back of you, Ohio boys, is standing up. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, I think I just I've always been. Uh, my wife says I'm not a very good communicator, but I love broadcasting, and I think that would be uh, probably my my alternative career choice. My face is probably not good enough for for TV, so I would stick with radio. But uh, yeah, I would love to broadcast games. That would be that would be my go-to. Not shocked by you're right. I I had that pegged. You Corey, you had it pegged. Yeah, I was gonna either say that or you you would already be a career politician. Like, yeah, you know, a long time ago, I learned that when you get into politics, half the people don't like you, and I don't don't care for that. Yeah, so. that's true. Yeah, Ben Lenig. Um. <clears throat> wow. Um, so I would probably be in, um, uh, a instructor, um, uh, for golf carts, uh, <laughs> majoring in, uh, passenger safety. <laughs> um, only these guys you know, on this episode know what the heck's going on, but that's a good one. <laughs> all jokes aside, um, before, uh, Ben Lennig was involved in the pig world. Uh, he was very involved uh, playing every sport uh, growing up. Uh, always had the biggest passion uh, for wrestling. And uh, having uh, both of our parents involved in education, I would say either uh, being in education or you guys know uh, how much I like to talk. I could talk to a wall. Uh, selling something in the sports world uh, um i don't really have a uh, a strong opinion on that because uh quite honestly i think every single one of my best friends has got engaged or uh, married in the past uh two years and 
I've had to tell Adam Beck, I don't know how many times that, Hey, I need Friday off. Uh, cause I got a bachelor party this weekend <laughs> or, uh, one of my best friends, you know, Corey's wedding was, uh, during our open house and now Trevor's wedding is during Duncan and perfect timing, which honestly for me, uh, uh, is kind of different. Um, not being, uh, you know, involved in livestock on the weekends, but when uh, we are slower in the month of uh, November, uh, December, and January, instead of uh, going home at five o'clock, I choose to uh, wake up at five in the morning, uh, going to work, uh, just so I can go to wrestling practice every single day. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, that's something that I'm extremely passionate about. I love working with kids. I've always enjoyed sports, and uh, that's that's my answer. That'd be a good one. That's a real. I could see that. I mean, you you would have to definitely be in bubble wrap, uh, and not participating in activities. But I that's think. why I would be a coach, and not <laughs> not to, you know you don't have to have to do that. There you go, Corey. What's your answer? Yeah, Ben did talk about me being ogre looking, knock kneed, and counterfeit. <laughs> Um, but Ben was abnormally skinny and crooked back. So I don't like my sheep like that either. So, um, you know, fair is fair, but, uh, you know, I don't know, oddly enough that we have this podcast. I, I could see myself being like a late night disc jockey, just like (laughs) between the hours of midnight and 4am. I'm just, I'm behind a desk you know, talking about people's problems. I'm taking late night calls, making sure people stay up while they're driving and, uh, and just playing some good music. And, and I would do a takeover. Uh, honestly, if it wasn't for the livestock business, I would have never got introduced to Texas country. However, let's just say that that still happened. And I would, whatever radio station I was on for those four hours, you would get nothing but the best red dirt in Texas country music. Hey, that'd be all right. Yeah. Definitely be all right. My answer would be I would like to um, either own or manage a large athletic complex, like one that has ball diamonds and then a basketball court, a football field, like all sports. And you'd have to obviously have like the the indoor facility for all all four seasons, but that would be incredible because you would get that youth interaction that we love in the livestock deal. And you would also have the sports side of things that I loved as a kid and thought I was going to be an NFL superstar during high school. Uh, but I would still be able to, uh, to feel that a little bit, I think. There you go. All right. Well, Trav, what do you think about diving into some actual livestock discussion? Yes. I'm thinking we jump right in to breed them, ship them, show them. What do you think? Let's do it. Let's pause for a quick break from Tarbell Marketing and Design. Are you ready to take your marketing and design to the next level? Tarbell Marketing and Design is a livestock-savvy marketing agency that will get you thinking out of the box. Every first-time customer can get 15% off if you mention Stock Talk Podcast. Visit ChooseTMD.com today. The difference is in the details. Love our friend. That commercial took entirely too long to produce. (laughs) And honestly, it would have been better had I had the voice that I have right now currently. Yes. Yes. That would be, that'd be the truth. All right. So let's, I've been looking forward to this since, uh, 
since we decided to do this deal. Breed them, ship them, show them, and I'm pumped. We might have a sponsor for this, by the way. Um, maybe. But uh, we don't right now. So uh, I'm, not, I'm not doing the breed them, ship them, show them, because I'm not very good at coming up with them. We came up with about 38 this past weekend. Um, so we're doing it off the cuff from Corey's request. So, Corey, I think you're, I'm going to put you on the spot with this and come up with the breed them, ship them, show them. All right. Breed them, ship them, show them. Loyal listeners, you know the rules, and pretty much everybody that's uh, with us knows the rules as well. So here we go. We'll do one for, for all you pig kids out there. Okay. You've got, you've got three sow operations to choose from. Okay. Every single one of them is completely different. Okay. So you got to pay attention. Number one. Okay. You've got 30 crossbred sows. Every single one of them is short underlined. And every single one of them alternates having all barrows and all gilts every time you breed them. Okay. That's operation number one. Good sow, so good mothers, all that. Okay. So operation number two, uh, you've got a PIC thousand head commercial operation. Hogs always top the market, but they're, they are what they are. They're, they're PIC hogs, but you always top the market when you're selling babies and, uh, you could still uh, market to the low-end county fair show, per, show people. Okay. Operation number three, you have a mixture between, uh, you've got half, uh, half Duroc herd uh, and, and half the herd is land race. Okay. However, you can only breed to your own herd boars. You cannot buy semen from any stud. Uh, genetically, though, you can outsource the gilts from anywhere you want. Read them, ship them, show them, go. Oh, boy. <clears throat> who's going first? Johnson? Who Should we put Johnson on the spot? Yep. Johnson. Read them, ship them, show them. Okay. The teacher and me still write notes down, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to probably probably breed the half Duroc, half Landrace. I'm going to uh, show the sows, cross sows. I think that's operation one. Yep. And then I'm going to ship the PIC hogs. Ship the market toppers. Yep. Tough economy, yep. Johnson. Any, anybody my... have rebuttal to Johnson's remarks? Because uh, I think this is a lot. This is a good one, Corey. Very good. I want to hear Sproul's take because I know he hates red pigs. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not a huge fan. We all know this. Uh, we do have a red sow. We have one, so new update. Uh, we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> uh, Is that Abby's idea? Yeah, yeah, it was Abby and Grayson's <laughs> idea. I get outvoted on that one. So, anyways, um, 
I'm, I'm going to breed the cross souse. Anybody that knows me knows that's not a real, uh, real shocking development on that end. Um, you've got to breed something you're passionate about. I probably trust myself to outsource good enough gilts to make good enough boars that I'm going to show the Durox and the Landys and I'm going to ship the commercial hogs because, you know, nub tails and uh, floppy ears don't do a whole lot for me. Mm, fair enough. I'm going to, I'm going to leave the Lenny brothers standing because I can see him busting at the seams, getting ready to answer yeah, this. Leave them, leave them standing. They don't get an answer. Yeah. Uh, Hank, did you, uh, I know you had uh, Mr. Perry in your arms, but if, uh, you have an opinion of breed them, ship them, show them or any, any rebuttals to what was been said, I'd love to hear it. Well, I think like the, the common sense thing is to, um, breed the crosses, um, because I mean, let's be honest, like we just had our County fair and I think our market hogs, they gave like 15 cents a pound for, so, um, for like the amount of money that I spent on lunch today, I could have bought two pigs. Um, <laughs> so from that standpoint, um, yeah, I would breed those. I'd probably ship the, uh, probably, or I guess I'd show those. I'd probably or breed those. I don't, I guess I don't really understand the breed them, ship them, show them thing. Um, I would get rid of the commercial pigs and I would yes. keep the crossbreds. There you go. Okay. I like. Jordan. He's out. Jordy's out. He don't care. Jordy's out. All right. Uh, who, who wants to? I want somebody to come up with one now. No, we got to do I want to see what the Linux say. All right. Well, I know what the Linux will say. I described their operation pretty much. <laughs> they already know we're right. Professor Hank and I agree. It's over. <laughs> Nate, what do you got, man? And that's we we actually just made a joke and shout out to the uh, the NSR Ben and I in the last couple of years he's kind of been the man and you know we kind of traded roles when he was at Blackhawk I was uh, you know taking care of stuff at home after I graduated while he was still in school for a couple of years and now Ben's kind of the guy doing the day to day work and so we just said last fall that Lenny Bros is always a three you know it's always a three vote system. And I have one vote and Ben has two. So whatever he says goes for the last couple of years. And uh, there are some ideas we had in the last year that we kind of disagreed on. And so we actually just involved our fieldman, Mr. Clay Parrish. I don't know if Clay follows along here, but I hope he listens to this. But he's now the uh, the third vote that splits a decision on, uh, on Ben and I saying. So Ben and I are kind of always on the same page, though. And uh, Corey did kind of describe our operation back when, especially when we were in Michigan, have our own board. So I think we would definitely breed the land race and Durox owning our own herd boars. And in another shout out here, if Jake Gossett's on here, we are going to ship those five titted crossbred females and we are going to raise, sorry, we're going to show the PIC hogs just in honor of Jake. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, I don't know. I, I literally set you guys up for the perfect answer because if you ship the PIC hogs and you're going to top the market, you're making money regardless. <laughs> so it really comes down to which one you're going to breed and which one you're going to show. So I, I, I haven't disagreed for the most part with everybody. Yeah. Ben, Ben, what are you doing? Wow. <clears throat> um, you want to talk about just light me up when you said the, the Duroc Landrace scenario, Corey. So I've actually, I've got a really funny story about LBG back in uh, Walker's, Indiana. So you got uh, two minutes. <laughs> one of our best, one of our best Landrace sows that we've ever uh, made before. Um, actually uh got bred to 
a herd boar that uh, Nate and I bought uh, called Turnip uh, for Duncan pigs because we couldn't uh, get her stuck to any land race boar. So Nate said, when Nate was in charge of the herd back in uh, Wakarusa, he said, screw it, uh, we're just going to bring it to the Duroc boar. And I'm not kidding you guys. One of the best white male pigs that we've ever had, I sold in the Duncan parking lot to Charlie Cleveland down in Texas. Um, you know, uh, done some uh, stuff at the major shows. And that was his favorite pig in the barn all the way up until about 100 pounds when he actually died because he got uh, some kind of respiratory deal. But uh, so I, I'm definitely going to uh, breed the land race in Duroc. I think we all kind of knew that um, going into it. And then I'm going to show the crossbreds, honestly, um, in the crossbred world, the scenario of the, uh, five titters and things like that. Um, you don't hear a lot of judges talk about and emphasize, uh, actually, uh, we've got some sows between LBG and ABF. Uh, some of our best sows are five titters. And, uh, so I've never been against that fact. And then I'm actually, going to ship the PIC just simply because I grew up in uh, sports and a family that um, was very competitive all the time and I've always enjoyed competition so um, I'm not interested in that personally fair enough understood understood all right so we'll do one more if anybody has it because it just takes a lot of time to get through everybody shipping Brian ship and show them but they're hilarious and I've enjoyed them so we'll throw it out there if anybody has a breed and ship them, show them that they couldn't, could not wait to get out there. We'll do it. But if not, the door is closed. We got, we got to do one more. I feel like let's, uh, okay. So let's pick one of the 38 that our listeners haven't heard of, uh, that we did this weekend because, oh, and, yeah. and I'm not afraid to, to put some, uh, some sire well, names well, out there. Sproul, do you, do your crossbred bar one. Let's do that one again. Now that I've had time to sleep on it, it was like, what was it? it? Yeah, you remember. All right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that one was, it was breed them, ship them, show them. Uh, and, and I'm going to swap out because we had the one that we decided w- was too easy. So it was breed them, ship them, show them on alias 107.5, Fatal Attraction, and Hillbilly Bone will be the third one. Oh, 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 man. Who's taking it first? So you said alias. Yeah, I better Fatal. Fatal. Yeah, alias, fatal, hillbilly bone. Mm-mm-mm-mm. All right. I, I just, I know this much. I'll shoot from the hip here. I think if you bring anything that looks similar to hillbilly bone in the show ring, everybody's just going to leave. So I'm probably showing Hillbilly Bone. You're going to ship Alias or Fatal? I I just, no. Well, I mean, you got to do That's one of option. them. You've literally backed yourself in this corner. I love this game. All right, so, <laughs> no, I want to know which one you're shipping. Uh, well, we're, we're tough here, but I am probably going to breed Fatal and ship Alias. Hot takes. Who's next? I won't give mine yet. See, it's not that easy, is it? 
<laughs> hey, Marks, Marks, listen, me and you, me and you are sheep kids here with just, we, we're livestock enthusiasts. What are you doing? I don't have a damn clue who <laughs> two of those three boars are. So. Son of a gun. Hey, this is no knock on anybody who has anything to do with these three boars. This is simply fun. And I'm a little, I, I, I'm okay to use names because this is strictly a game. Uh, okay. And, you know, it's, it's, who cares, you know? Which one did you ship, Trevor? You shipped Alias? Yes. And that sounds really, really dumb to say, but. Okay. All right. Uh, Linig. There's two of them. Well, um, I think that when we had this discussion this weekend while we were uh, in the pool all uh, <laughs> uh, surrounding a donut in the water, I think I said, Sproul, I got to get another drink about this because I got to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> it, completely, <laughs> it completely stumped me. And uh, um, I'm kind of on the agreeance of uh, Kirky, honestly. Uh, for what I'm doing. I mean, honestly, uh, those of you folks listening, I'm not much of a crossbred guy. You can ask Adam Beck. I'm more of a uh, purebred guy, but um, that's uh, that's what I would do what uh, what Trevor did. All right. Sproul, I feel like you and, you and I might have the same answer. Uh, potentially. I want to hear yours first. Okay. All right. Here's what I'm doing. I think I think I probably agree, Trevor, that if you walk in to a show ring with Hillbilly, like odds are you're probably gonna gonna do well. I mean for the time, right? But I'm I'm half tempted to breed Hillbilly and show alias and chip fatal. Hmm. That's like an inverted top trio right there. Right. But my final answer is breed fatal or sorry, breed alias ship fatal show hillbilly. Nice. Interesting. Interesting. All right. So I think, I think you're missing a huge opportunity here. You're going to breed hillbilly, aren't you? I'm absolutely going to breed hillbilly. I knew it. I See, that was my other choice. <laughs> I mean, I guess uh, my opinion on this is like, if you like think of date and time and place, like, if you could have hillbilly bones influence on your crossbred female herd and like syndicate that thing or keep it to yourself for two or three breeding seasons, what you could potentially look like on the other side of that compared mm. to contemporaries. Mm. Yep. So which one? You should I, mean, I could say a lot about some fatal daughters, but. That's fair. That's fair. I, I, I probably show alias and ship fatal. That's fair, but no. <laughs> nah. <laughs> oh, this is classic. Oh, dang it. Love it. So, all right. That was fun. All right. All right. Lennig, I, Ben and Nate Lennig, I got one more for you just because I'm genuinely curious. And, and I'm going <laughs> to, I really hope Jason and Adam listen to this. Okay. <laughs> all right. Let's go. Let's go strictly crossroads red boars. Okay. 
let's do <laughs> I'm trying to make this as hard as I can. All right, let's do um man. All right, Trevor, come back to me on this because I really I really think it could be good. All right. Well, I do let's let's hang on to that towards an end because there's there's a topic I want to dig into and I don't want it to be too late in the episode. We're almost already an hour in. Quick break, boys. It's time to talk about Heidi Anderson, Legacy Livestock Imaging. She's partnered up with Fierce Threads now to uh, help them image the videos that you should be sharing on Facebook. But Heidi Anderson with Legacy Livestock Imaging, along with her husband, Charles, are doing amazing things with their team of expert photographers. Not only are they photographers inside of the ring, but they can do senior pictures and weddings and anything you can possibly think of, plus sell you images that they've already captured on LegacyLivestockImaging.com. We love our folks there at Legacy Livestock Imaging. You should too. Make sure you use them and book your sessions today. Let's get back to the show with the boys. But one of the discussions I wanted to talk about, and we've talked about this with other guests, Corey, but the question is, do you believe as young stockmen, this is a total 180 from the Fun Breed and Ship and Show episode, but do you believe as young stockmen at our age that more, quote unquote, of us, of our peers, need to be soaring the big ones? Or what defines if you're ready or not? And I put your in quotations because I'm talking about our, our, our peers. Do you think that there needs to be more of us in the ring? Or is it just about your experience level or what you've done? I'm curious to know thoughts about our peers stepping into the big ring. Jordy, I'll, I'll shoot this one to you first. Actually, I'm muting my mic, hoping you would see that. So that's good. Um, now, this one I thought quite a bit about, and I've got a couple different directions, but I'll try to get it narrowed down as quick as possible. Um, yes, I think we should be. Because I want to see all of us judging big shows just from, a, you know, pride in my friends and, and, you know, just seeing us do big things. But also, if opportunity comes knocking, who the hell of us are going to say no to a state fair, to any of that kind of stuff? I mean, you're just not going to say no to that. I mean, if you do, kudos to you if you don't feel you're ready. Um, so... I think, I think it comes back to something, you know, from a breeder slash, you know, somebody helping families, um, and on, on the showing side of it as well. Um, as long as, you know, and I don't know about in the pig deal, but you know, you see it some in the, in the sheep and, and, and things like that of, of people maybe taking care of buddies and taking care of things like that. And, you know, just some of that kind of stuff. And as long as, I don't have a problem and I, you know, I love seeing young people, you know, um, among us, you know, rise through the ranks and get the opportunities as long as we're all doing as, as good and honest of a job as possible. Um, and, 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 you know, um, not that I've had the chance to judge like a bunch of big shows, but like, you know, last year, uh, was able to sort the market lamb showmanship over at Indiana. And that was a great opportunity. And, um, you know, that was, um, you know, like, I, I mean, I, I really focused in for that. I really, you know, took that to heart of like, even though it was just showmanship, like I've got to do as good 
of a job as I possibly can for these kids and these families. And, um, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, take a class off or take anything off, you know, it's going to be, um, you know, just, you know, pedal to the metal the whole time. And I was done with that. That was a long day. It was a full day. Uh, I was exhausted, but I felt great afterwards. And, you know, the compliments that I got afterwards, which, you know, it's great. I mean, that's just good to, to feel that, but and I felt like that was due in part to the fact of how serious I took it. So I think as long as I think, I think we all, you know, deserve the shots. It's just as long as you're taking those shots seriously and, and, and uh, you know, continuing to lay that groundwork that, Hey, you know, we are the future and, and, you know, we're here uh, and taking this seriously. This isn't just the, we don't think that we just are owed this or, or things like that. So yeah. that's yeah. my thoughts. No yeah. I want to get Hank, I want to get your perspective on this one just because uh, obviously the, the lone cattle uh, cattle guy here that's that's been around it. From your perspective, it seems, and I guess maybe just from my side looking in, it just seems like um, there, there's a lot more cattle breeders that would rather see somebody with just a little bit more experience, uh, somebody that's been raising them for a while or or at least has some influence there. Uh, what's your take on on maybe getting some some younger judges in there to to – to work through maybe some of these bigger shows or open shows. Yeah, I would say like um, not even to necessarily categorize it based off of age, but maybe even like, let's look at exposure. Um, so like to me, uh, I think as long as you're on your ball um, and you take it serious and you go into it with the mindset of like, Hey, I'm going to pick the best one. Um, I think you got to be on your ball and you got to be prepared, but I don't see why those opportunities don't come more often. Um, because like, I guess for me, the one thing I guess I never really bought into um, when I was at a show or like, I listened to people talk about shows and they're like, Oh, I could follow this guy all day. Or, um, you know, I, I've stayed true to a kind, like to me, uh, it's 2020. There's no such thing as like a kind. Um, you have to be able to look at however many head of livestock that you're looking at, like whatever species, whatever kind you like, whatever, you got to be able to pick the best one, um, you know, because you, regardless of whether it's a county fair, a state fair, a jackpot show, whatever it is, um, it's not about like just picking cookie cutters, because if you do that, like for instance, uh, I think if you just pick cookie cutter show steers, um, the average one there, you're going to be one of two things. You're not going to move good enough, or you're not going to have enough muscle. If you pick cookie cutter barrows, you're going to be flat footed and not genuine. If you pick cookie cutter sheep, you are not going to have enough forerib, um, and you're not going to handle right. Like, so I guess to me, it's a mindset. Like you have to be able to step back and be like, okay, like, I'm going to be a man today. I'm going to make a decision that I can stand by. And the biggest thing is I don't have to make anybody happy um, because, you know, let's be honest. Like if you go into any situation thinking like, Hey, I got to make the most people happy today. It's not going to happen. Um, you got to do, you're there to give your opinion. And uh, I don't think that you need to act smarter than anybody else. Um, but I do think like, as long as you're on your ball, you are professional, you show up early. Uh, you don't go toward the barns afterwards. Um, I don't see why those opportunities don't come more often because particularly in the cattle ring, 
Um, you've got a lot of staples uh, that judge a lot of the big ones. And it's like, okay, I'm going to judge the steers at Kansas City this year. And then three years later, I'm doing them at Denver. And then I'm back at three Midwest state fairs in the next five years. And then I'm back at Louisville. So like the same guy may judge, you know, every big steer show in, you know, 10 years and, and the length of one exhibitor's show career. Uh-huh. You, know, you yeah. could potentially uh, judge every one of their, their, their big steer shows or uh, big breeding cattle shows. And, you know, maybe this is a little bit of a jab at like the show cattle thing. Uh, but I think one reason that uh, they want a more experienced person is because they know what to expect. And they know um, as a show pusher per se, or someone who's taken a bunch of cattle to a show, um, if such and such that's been around for 20 years is going to do it. Well, if you've, if you've been in the cattle industry for 20 years, you probably haven't been beat all 20 of them. So um, but from a political standpoint, like, you know what to expect, like, hey, you may not win the big one, uh, but you're not going to be embarrassed either. And um, I don't know, maybe that's speaking a little out of turn, but I just, I think people need to like grow up a little bit and be able to make decisions that they can stand behind. And I think if they can do that um, in a professional way, uh, the court is yours. Mm, love it. Man, I was hoping you'd answer that. <laughs> What's Perry think? Ice news him. That's awesome. Johnson, let's shoot it your way. Uh, you know, as a young judge, that's, uh, you know, we've all kind of stepped in the ring once or twice. So what's your thoughts on the question of, of getting our peers, maybe not even the ones on, on the microphone right now, but uh, those of our age stepping in the big ring? Well, I'm going to take maybe a little different approach, and I don't disagree with what anybody has said. I kind of want to talk to the guys out there and gals that probably deserve to be showing, or I'm sorry, judging at some of these shows and maybe haven't got the call yet. Um, There's a quote that I came across, and I don't know where it's from, but it's, you know, never compare your beginning to someone else's middle. And I think, um, like some of the guys said, if you continue to do the right thing and you continue to, you know, you know, make the decisions, stand by them, uh, do the, do all the little things, treat the kids right. Uh, you know, like Kogo always says, acknowledge every kid that comes through the ring and make them feel like they're worthy. Uh, people recognize that kind of stuff and people, you know, for me, it makes me feel good that I, interacted with all those kids because you don't ever know what they're going through. And, um, you know, being in the show ring might be their one opportunity to, to get away from all that stuff. So, you know, just as, as young judges that are are coming up the ranks, just do the right thing, treat people, right. You know, stand by your decisions. Um, and don't get frustrated because, you know, some people start off slow and can, can end up making a big difference later on. So, um, I guess that's kind of my short and sweet response to that. Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, we're all itching to get in the big ring. And and this isn't a question to try to put anybody in, in a tough spot. I love the the things that are being said is because, you know, there's maybe some other minds out there that are listening that that are thinking, man, I'm ready. Like, I'm, I'm ready to get in the big ring where, you know, maybe we need more experience than others. Uh, maybe we've done a few more than others and we're ready, you know, yesterday. Um, so it's a good thought. Uh, Mr. Nate Lennig, 
I'm curious to hear your thoughts because uh, uh, you're one that is, you know, really uh, kind of sees it from different angles, but would love to hear your thoughts on, on this topic. Yeah. And that's, you know, I liked a lot of points that, that Hank said. I thought he was really spot on with his accuracy of just saying that, you know, if you, if you walk in there and do things professionally, do things intelligently, like, you know, you're going to be invited to do some things. And Trevor, I've watched you judge. I've watched Tyler Gratter judge. He's another part of you guys at Blackhawk there. Uh, really admired you guys. And I think that one person, there's a group of three people that come to mind that I think are um, influential people from a really fascinating standpoint. Um, one person, I believe all of you that went to Blackhawk, um, you guys were probably recruited by this gentleman. Um, I know Ben was, and uh, you know he left shortly after that to go to the NSR, and that's uh, Brian Arnold. And I would say watching Brian judge, um, you know, after a show, you're always going to hear uh, probably some feedback. And Hank kind of called that out of like, you know, I could follow him. I couldn't follow him, um, kind of those lines. And I just think that you don't, maybe you don't hear as much disagreement uh, from Brian. I think it, one, it's, uh, you know, what he's done, but also just his knowledge of judging and assessing livestock um, is, is maybe second to none. And um, I know Corey and I talked about this Thursday night a little bit, Trevor, before we headed out to Ohio, uh, there at his parents' place. And, uh, you know, I talked about him and Luke Ziegler, um, you know, Corey, I got to watch him just on Walton webcast. You know, I, I just loved how Corey judged Elkhart County this year. I'd never seen him judge in person. Uh, I really liked that. And I thought it was interesting of like, so now we have Brian who doesn't actively race show bigs, Corey, who doesn't currently race show bigs, but 110% know he's going to at some point when he has his own property in the future and all along with the sheep. Um, and the other one's Luke Ziegler. And, you know, Luke comes into the NSR and man, out in Iowa this summer, I can't tell you how many people, um, you know, talked about the respect they have for Luke and, you know, Clay Parrish, all the NSR fieldmen. But, you know, I heard a lot of those guys of, you know, this guy just started a year ago and, uh, you know, Luke all of a sudden is now has, you know, John Hinker's raving about how Luke talks about livestock, how he assesses them. And this is not a guy that raises pigs. And so you start to line that up. Now you have three guys that like none of them are active breeders. And I always think that if you're a breeder, you have a bias. You're kind of chasing at that point. You're, you're trying to make your herd better in, you know, ABC areas and you're, you're trying to do that. And I, I think maybe breeders might have a little bit of a bias in that aspect when they're judging. Um, and I think like Hank said, back to that point, if you're in there and you're a breeder, no matter the species, and you can kind of set those biases to the side and just sort them intelligently, be professional. Um, I think that's a big thing, but I, I really admire those three judges I talked about. I don't, I don't know if Luke's, you know, outside of him, coaching and now being NSR, obviously he's not judging right now being a fieldman, but, uh, you know, those three guys are, are pretty neat people just to talk about livestock with, um, you know, and I've uh, been official at some contests with Brian before and uh, just listening to him break down. I've talked with Corey about so many pigs in my lifetime. Um, and then just, you know, knowing Luke in the last, uh, you know, a little over a year or so, I think those are three people I really respect for those opinions from some of those outside bias areas. And they kind of just re they kind of just retouch you to earth on like what's going on and just kind of make you think maybe a little bit differently than what you've kind of been chasing as a breeder. So just three people I like to talk to. Um, I think like on Hank's point, I don't think you can top that. What he said about just doing things professionally and doing them well, and you're going to get invited to do them someday. Uh -huh. Thanks, Nate, man. That's uh that's good. I, I like, you know, Nate, obviously uh, I know you went through the judging program and, and stuff like that, but you know, you're not uh, you're not one that just is like actively looking to get out and judge a whole bunch of shows. So um, your 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 angle and and look at it too um, is something really cool. So uh, Garrett and Banner are the only two that have not answered this question. So uh, 
Garrett, I'll probably throw this one at you and and Ben will follow up that way. Uh, you don't have to, you know, constantly follow Nate your whole life. Um, (laughs) so Garrett, uh, what's your take here? Uh, no, I guess Ben and I uh, have it rough because I, I would venture to guess a lot of the things we were going to say have probably already been said. And, uh, I, I think, I think Nate and, and Hank kind of hit a lot of, uh, I guess a lot of my points on the head and I probably agree, uh, agree pretty wholeheartedly with, with what they said in that regard. And, and we kind of talked about this a little bit actually in my podcast. And, uh, I think, I think kind of the main thing I said was, uh, uh, or I guess people that I talk to is I, I think there's uh, a big difference between thinking you're ready to do it and being ready to do it. And, you know, I think I even made the comment, you know, like the biggest show you've ever judged is like a 50 head deal in Eastern United States. You're not ready to go sort 4,000 head at a Texas major. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I certainly think that people our age are more than qualified to do it. Um, but I also think others think they are when in reality, you don't have anywhere near enough experience. And there's a, a it's almost a maturity thing, just kind of knowing when you're ready and when you're not. Yeah. And we kind of talked about uh, with Brian Anderson a little bit about the duration of the whole show, both physically and mentally. Uh, people don't really think about the physical part. I'm just bad built. I'm, I would be definitely in 10th in hole if I were livestock. But <clears throat> standing up the whole time, even at a, a county fair, uh, could wear on me at some times. But it is true about getting reps and doing it over and over and over. And we talked in that episode and kind of yours too, Garrett, about you know finding those, get those shows, get those reps and learn the process and master it. And once you master it uh, at that level, then, then make your step up. But it's it's kind of a, a strange way to go about it because it's mostly word of mouth. It's most about your integrity. Uh, if you're somebody that's professional, uh, then people are going to notice and you're you're going to climb up that ladder. So, uh, Ben, you're the last one that we have not yet heard from. So uh, let's get your take on this, too. Say the less for best. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, um, so I've had the uh, chance you know, to listen to all you guys' views and um, – I've kept a very, very open mind about it. And I think that's important in our livestock world for uh, what we've experienced over the past several years and whatnot. And uh, I've never been a, a person first and foremost to think that you have to have any kind of collegiate judging background to be able to judge a big show. And there are several great stockmen in every industry that I know that have never judged in college. And I judge in college. I'm not, uh, you know, uh, stabbing at those guys at all. But also when I think of a judge and a younger generation, I think of an industry leader because obviously he's judging the big shows. And like if, uh, you know, you're involved in the swine industry, uh, we all know Clay uh, is willing. Uh, That is a very, very uh, young guy that uh, isn't, uh, too many years older uh, than us and he literally uh, made a national show happen in our country uh, for all these ex- exhibitors uh, in the month of uh, July uh, when we were going through a lot of a lot of things during our 
uh, pandemic and things like that uh, with the COVID thing. And so I've never been a, a, a uh, firm believer uh, that age uh, dictates leadership or intelligence. So I do uh, believe that if uh, you're in the younger generation, you have an opportunity uh, uh, to judge a major show. And I thought about this a lot as uh, every single guy is a millennial in this podcast. And I think uh, we all know that uh, our parents and grandparents have told us for a long time that uh, you, when you start out in the workforce, it's probably uh, not always uh, going to be easy for you. And uh, some of us have started out uh, scooping crap. Some of us have started out breeding sows and some of us have started at the totem pole of our companies and it's what you do in front of people and behind the scenes and do everything right. Uh, you know, your work ethic, uh, your professionalism, uh, your ability to be honest uh, with people. Cause I think that there's several different scenarios uh, as a show pig breeder. That's been to a lot of shows. It's always hard to say, um, what the best one was because there's several times where a hog uh, doesn't want to cooperate in the ring and it doesn't do well uh, because it's fighting over in the corner and you only got a first impression look at it or that family uh, gave that barrow too many electrolytes and it tightens up in the first five minutes when you start talking on the mic and you didn't park him quick enough uh, and uh uh, you kind of shoot yourself in the foot about it, uh, but then you got to get on the microphone and tell several hundreds of people uh, what you thought. And um, uh, just being a younger kid, uh, you have to be able to get in your truck, a guy that's judged some smaller shows. And uh, I challenge any of the people that want to have an opinion on judges uh, that haven't judged a show before to do it, because it's honestly very difficult. Um, one of my first shows I ever judged uh, was actually through Trevor. He couldn't do a Kentucky jackpot show. And I want to say it was right around 300 head of pigs. And, uh, you know, before, I guess, coming out of college, I thought, uh, you know, judging a show would be easy. And uh, at the end of that day, um, I was exhausted. And I knew that, uh, you know, that was my third or fourth show after uh, judging some smaller counties with, uh, 50, uh, 60, hundred head that I could do that, uh, fine, but three, four hundreds a lot. And so it's a lot about, um, um, you know, your public image and how you separate yourself from others. And that if, uh, you know, I think this, uh, just relates to life in general, that if you do the right things all the time, that eventually, uh, you will get an opportunity, uh, regardless if you're, 25 years old or if you're 55, uh, if you get connected with the right people and uh, you continue to do the right things, you'll get your chance. Yeah. That, that's, I like everything that, that you said, Ben, and it can't be more true. I mean, just be professional, have your head on straight, keep working, keep digging, uh, and the chances will come. And I, I going back to what Garrett said, some may think they're ready. Some may be ready. Uh, but yeah, I mean, man, even, some of the things that Jordy said, you know, making sure you're doing the right things. It's, it's all comes back around. So, uh, awesome discussion. And I know this is, this has been a long episode, kind of like I anticipated. So, uh, we are going to jump in 
to our another segment we'll call the breakdown. And I'm going to kind of flip the script on you guys after we tell you about our wonderful, wonderful folks at Brad Howe Ford, Kokomo, Indiana, award-winning service and the ability to get you in the incredible vehicles that you deserve. So I want to talk a little bit about the, if you had to go back in time, and this is really isn't not breaking it down, but we'll break down the topic. But if you had to go back in time and change anything, and this is one of the last questions that we'll get to. But if you had to, or if you had the ability to go back in time and change anything about where you are right now, would you do it? And if so, what would it be? Nate Lennig, I'll shoot it to you first. Well, I don't know, Trevor. I always, I always kind of have the belief that uh, like the decisions you make are, are kind of where you are, man. So it's I don't know. I think that, uh, you know, I obviously some breeding decisions maybe Ben and I have made over the years, but man, I, I just, I'm such a believer that like your, your story, um, is kind of, uh, you know, maybe it's let just maybe call it, call what you want, but it's, uh, it's just kind of a thing that just like your, your story is kind of what you make it. And, uh, I, I just think it's hard to, to think that there's a, a big decision I've made in the past with, you know, it, as lucky and fortunate as I am with things going on in my life and everything today, I, I find it hard to believe that, something in the past could have made things is, you know, anything better than where they are now. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Even some of the bad things can be either a lesson or even push in the right direction when, when at sometimes you think it may not be Johnson, what's your thoughts? Uh, the one thing I would probably do different is, or I wish I would have done sooner is to start, you know, showing at open shows, uh, especially pigs. Um, when I was, I don't want to say I'm a first generation, uh, show pig operation. Um, my mom showed some hogs when she was in 4-H, uh, but I grew up on a dairy farm and we didn't, didn't really have any show pigs to speak of until I, uh, started in 4-H and, and got breeding them there. Uh, once we got a little bit more experience under ourselves and didn't really know a whole lot about the NJSA until one of my ag teachers kind of got me hooked in with him and uh you know if i would have started sooner um i feel like i probably could have had a little more connections uh, but you know i guess with that being said the next next step i guess for me is to try to you know make the next generation better like we're all trying to do and um have you know my kids be involved in, in the show industry you know at a very young age uh, I beg Abby and my wife every day, or it seems like every day, you know, Hey, when's autumn going to start showing? Is she big enough? Is <laughs> she, you know, does she know what, what pig is what, you know, if we're in a class of Yorkshires, do we need to tie a little, you know, ribbon around its, you know, tail just to figure out, you know, go chase the, the American flag pig down. So, <laughs> uh, you know, that's kind of where I'm at, I guess uh, a little different perspective in my life. Uh, some of you guys are, you know, kind of the, uh, you know, legacy type, uh, of, of farms or operations. And some of you are starting out fresh too. So, um, that's kind of where I'm at and I guess, um, kind of where I would have liked to have been. But uh, again, like I said, moving forward, uh, just want to make everything as good as possible for, for my kids. You bet Jordy. Uh, I, 
and Johnson before I, I flip it to Jordy too. Uh, that's one of the things that looking back, I wish I would have been more involved in JSA team purebred uh, to get some of those uh, things underneath my belt and, and expose me to even more than, than what I did uh, after my show career. So Jordy, uh, Mr. Marks, what are some of the things that you would change if you had to? Um, uh, this is a really good question. And actually, um, yeah, my dad and I had a, a pretty good chat there, um, week or two ago. Um, and you know, it, it kind of actually surrounded this topic of, um, uh, I, I mean, in retrospect, I would have loved to, uh, kind of echo, uh, Tyler's, uh, comments there of, um, you know, I wish I'd have jackpotted more. I wish I'd have done some of this kind of stuff more and been more involved in the uh, OCLA at that time, uh, uh, our, our show circuit, things like that in the state. Um, but, uh, you know, my dad and I were talking about that, you know, um, I, I grew up, um, not, not to like poor as me or woe as me, you know, kind of thing, but like grew up in the, a little bit in the shadow of my brother who had, I watched him have probably one of the more successful show careers uh, of, uh, at the state and national level of anybody to ever do it uh, on the sheep side of things. And so I thought I had to do that. You know, I, that was like, uh, I had to have that. That was, you know, I couldn't do worse than that. And, and I just didn't have that kind of show career. And then I kind of look back and I'm like, man, why didn't, you know, why wasn't I pushed harder? Why didn't I do this harder? And then, you know, me and dad said, he's like, you were a different personality. You, you kind of bloomed into your passion for this a little later in terms of the, the breeding and, and things like that. And you're, you know, you were a good showman, this and that, but you know, you did really good that way, but you know, maybe we didn't want to, he's like, I didn't want to burn you out on this deal. Um, Cause you know, I wanted to make, you know, wanted to try to make sure you, you maintained an interest and, and really I, I mean, I, I loved it growing up, but uh, once I got into college and kind of hit a, a different stride in terms of my passion for things. And um, so, you know, I don't know, I guess looking back to 2020 vision, but, you know, realistically, I, um, I don't know, I, I guess I probably, you know, I can sit here and say, oh, but, you know, realistically i i guess you know maybe i wouldn't maybe if i was pushed harder when i was younger i wouldn't i wouldn't even be involved in this maybe i ought to win a different direction or something so i don't know i mean that's kind of a i guess maybe i, I skirted that answer but i mean that's um you know that's kind of yeah kind of where I, my mind went on that no that's true i mean when you talk to some like somebody like your dad or a mentor like that that can put you back to where you're like man Maybe I needed to hear that a little bit, like maybe not necessarily changing anything, but things looking at it a little bit at a different perspective. So and the question that we always end, end with, it is along the same lines. And we'll ask uh, the, the other half of the group here that that same question. So uh, the last question we always ask everybody, or what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned while being involved in, in the show stock industry? And and even if you've answered the question before in your episode, I don't I think Garrett may have, but um there's always more to be, be listened to. So, uh, Garrett, I'll throw it to you first and, and just kind of talk about maybe some of the lessons that you've learned and that you're going to use to just sharpen your knife a little bit more in the future. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, how I, I think I said this in, in mine, like, I think you could probably have an entire, uh, entire episode just on the lessons you could learn because you could talk about so many of them. 
uh, and, and I guess, you know, for me and uh, Jordan, and I just talked about this the other day, uh, actually on a phone call, but like this livestock thing is, it's so fun and rewarding and you can learn so much from it. And at the same time, man, it, uh, there are days where it fully pushes you to where, you know, you just kind of, uh, sit down in the chair and, and look at, look at, uh, for me, it's Abby, but look at your significant other, whoever it may be. And you're like, why on earth are we doing this? You know, the past week has been absolute torture. And then uh, all of a sudden the next day you, you have one of those days that remind you why you do everything that, that truthfully on the raising side, I mean, heck there's more bad days than there are good sometimes. So man, the good days sure work up work, make up for it. Excuse me. And uh, I mean, the, the, just the networking connections and things like that still never cease to amaze me in that regard. Um, You know, kind of like, what we had last weekend or what we're doing now or however, I mean, you know, 99% of my best friends in life are, are people that I've met through the livestock industry. And, uh, you know, the, as a whole man, they'll drop and do anything for you. And that, it, it, that just never ceases to amaze me, even though I've been around it as, you know, you beat new, we meet new families every week or every month or however, and just the amount of good people is just baffling in my mind, uh, because you don't, uh, you don't see or hear of things like that. And uh, I guess the commonplace media today is probably the best way to say that. Uh-huh. No doubt. Well, uh, who wants to go next? Hank, what lessons, man? You've got one in your arm there that I'm sure you're pretty proud of. <laughs> but uh, what's some of the lessons you've learned in the show stock industry that uh, going to help you for the future? I think probably the first and maybe the most important one is um, there's not really any substitute for hard work or for effort. Um, I think regardless of whatever it is, if you set your mind on it and say like, hey, I'm going to be good at this or I'm going to try to do this, um, you're the only person you know standing in your way from making that happen. Um, I think a lot of people uh, you know, are quick to find excuses for why something didn't work out or why it didn't happen. Uh, I'm a big believer in like things happen for a reason. Um, and uh, I think if you can prioritize uh, your interests and efforts into making yourself more successful um, and yet still keeping a balance with family and things of that nature, uh, that's where you'll really, uh, I, to me, I guess that's where like the livestock industry uh, has taught me and my family a lot. Um, growing up, you know, every year, um, you know, when I started or now that my siblings are showing, it's the same song and dance each fall. You know, everybody can find the really, really good ones. You know, they stick out like a sore thumb. Um, not everybody can afford them, though. And I, I tell them each year, I said, we're never going to spend as much as somebody else. Our last name is maybe not going to be as politically correct as someone else's, um, but so they've got us beat on two of three fronts. However, on the opposite side of that, if we can spend, do a little better job evaluating um, and if we can outwork them every day, then it's an even playing field. And uh, I think if you're going to go after it, um, it's too rewarding uh, to risk not putting 100% in um, when it works out. So to me, you know, if you can prioritize your efforts um, and make it a priority and put the time and the dedication into it, uh, good things are going to come. Um, and like to kind of echo Nate's comments from earlier, um, you know, 
I, I think the things we do wrong uh, teach us more than anything. Um, you know, the mistakes that we make, you know, my grandpa has always told me, is Hank, I don't care if you make a mistake, just try not to make the same one twice. Um, and I can't say that I've ever, um, or that, that that's actually happened. I know I've made the same mistake twice and it stings a little worse each time. Um, but, uh, but no, I think learning from your mistakes, um, being honest with yourself, and then at the other twist of things like their livestock, um, sometimes things aren't meant to work out. And I think that's one thing that livestock can do is teach you, even when you do everything right and everything goes according to plan, sometimes it just doesn't work. So uh, being able to take a step back and say like, you know, that's life. um, And just being able to accept that uh, to me is uh, uh, another life lesson that maybe um, you don't think about originally, uh, but it teaches you, I guess, how to kind of cope and balance with things. 100% 100% love it. Yeah, mistakes are actually can be a good thing. And, and that goes back to what we talked about. You know, making mistakes in the ring is is fine when you're first starting, you know, you're still learning, you're still, you're still getting, you're still getting the hang of things. But we can't make that same mistake twice, maybe whatever it may be. But th- those can be those can be healthy as long as you learn from them. So, Corey, I'm going to let you ask Mr. Lenig the last question. So, uh, Ben, freedom, ship them, Sean. <laughs> we came back. Oh, gosh. This Man, I was really good. excited about that last question. Yo, go, I'll tell you what. Go ahead and answer it, and then we'll shoot you, we'll shoot you this uh, freedom, ship them, Sean. So I'll be brief. I know I've been a little bit uh, windy this evening, but um, the biggest advice that I would give to a kid is uh, – uh, myself and lots of people that I've watched in our industry and other industries in general. Uh, if you listen to those successful people that are established and uh, raise pigs for a living, raise cattle for a living, raise goats, sheep, whatever, they all have people that they listen to growing up. And people, when they got involved, it doesn't matter if it's football, basketball, baseball, livestock whatever that they I call them uh, my rocks my people that I relate to uh, in times of uh, negativity uh, sorrow positivity whatever uh, those people that you want in your corner uh, all the time so like in the livestock world um, don't be afraid to ever approach an established individual and to ask them questions and to watch them ringside or um, watch them at their pens work. And don't be afraid to go up and introduce yourselves and ask about a summer internship or ask about what you're doing at home. I don't know how many people that I ask. I actually just talked to Brett Byers on the phone and uh, this evening and I asked him, I said, what boards are you using in your operation this fall? Cause obviously it's, uh, uh, breeding season in the pig world right now and just um, being a sponge as a young kid I think is so important that um, there's so many great people in this world in every industry and that um, you just have to sit back and analyze I want to be the best so uh, if you want to be the best you need to learn from uh, the best 
is what I learned uh, growing up. So I always wanted those people in my corner that, uh, you know, like Trevor said in his uh, grand dry speech at uh, Mercer County that said quite the feedback on social media about uh, jealousy. If you listen to a lot of breeders ringside at shows about um, their conversations, it's a lot different than in terms of jealousy. We're like, some of uh, Nate and I's best sows that are generators have been sixth or 10th in class at a national show. And I can say that uh, with Adam sows also uh, that, um, you know, if you stick to your core with what you want to do and what you want to establish and you listen to the right people, I think a lot of great things can happen. Bingo. Um, All right. Benny, that was good. Glad we let you answer. But let's close with this. Gentlemen, it's been fun. I apologize for my lack of being able to talk to everybody, but I've been saving my voice just for this. All right. Adam Beck, Jason Cray, hope you're listening. Ben Lennig, Breedham Shipham Shalom, Crossroads Red Boars. Here we go. 38 special. Next chapter, stand tall. Raid one, ship one, show one, go. Holy buckets. <laughs> um, wow. Um, I honestly, uh, I'm answering, I'm going to respond to this in a very open-ended. It depends what your operation wants, honestly. Um 38 has had as good a run in the barrel ring as probably any red boar in the country the past year or two. And uh, he can make some freaks, uh, some ones that uh, have some shape and bone and foot and cage. Uh, but you can also, uh, we all know, uh, you know, I listened to the uh, Brad Hook uh, podcast there uh, uh, with Will Winter about. Um, the way that he breeds his house and this isn't, um, uh, you know, right, wrong or indifferent about, he likes to, uh, uh, you know, swing for the fence and, uh, he likes to make them uh, the way that he likes them, which you have to have respect for a, a guy that, uh, does that. And, um, I don't know if there's anyone in the Southwest in the past, uh, 10 years, that's had as much success in the barrel ring or either, uh, the boar ring also, uh, it's just, kind of personal preference lbg uh has always been uh female makers and uh, uh the one that comes to mind i guess uh to breed them ourselves is abf has a uh a um, i guess it's a motto if the conversation lasts longer than two minutes on breeding a red sow at the farm she gets bred the next chapter I'm plain and simple and so I'm actually going to breed next chapter because we have fed, uh, we have uh, farrowed lots of the sows and they've done a great, a great job. Um, you know, as far as showing them and shipping them, gosh, that's so hard. Um, <laughs> as far as what, what's what, going to uh, keep you your job, Ben? What today's world wants 
uh, and desires on the uh, freaks and the wow factorness of what we desire. Um, I'm going to show 38, and I know this is awful, uh, but because Stan Tall's been Premier Sire a lot, but I'm actually going to uh, going to ship him. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, so that, uh, that was honestly really hard for me to answer. And I, uh, I don't know what the other guys are going to say, but I will say this is just, like I said, uh, it's more just personal preference for how I, I like, uh, to breed stuff. And, um, I, uh, I know boss man's gonna, I'm gonna question what I'm saying. Oh man. Hey, the only, the only other person that I will let answer this is Nate before we, uh, before we jump off, just, just because a, your brothers and B, this is an opportunity to tell Ben he's wrong or agree with him, whichever you want to do, but. I like my odds here. Guys, the Atlantic bros genetic CEO has spoken word is said it's over. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. All right. Folks, that uh, that's the last Breedem Ship em Show em of today's episode. Yes. No, it's Warm been up. it's been uh, pretty pig heavy, and I know we don't have all pig enthusiasts on this episode, but it's more so been uh, life talk uh, with the crew. So, guys, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, had a heck of a past weekend, and really looking forward to getting the boys back together in October. Um, but. We, uh, we appreciate you jumping on, guys. So we will see you uh, on the other end, uh, all you guys. So guys listening to this, you know what to do. Uh, click that subscribe button and give us a thumbs up on Facebook. Uh, keep following. We've got a lot of cool things coming. Thanks to everybody who ordered their merch. Uh, that was phase one of an incredible lineup that we got coming even yet. Um, so thank you to everybody who ordered their new gear uh there on the star the store so that being said Corey, i don't got anything else if you don't got anything else nope hopefully next week my voice will sound much better and our our bodily injuries will have recovered from trevor's weekend (laughs) in northern ohio until next time all right guys we'll catch you next week